there's that really funny stage in the early days of being a musician where you're actually doing quite well. You know, you're getting quite a few gigs, you're getting quite a lot of love, your fan base is growing, and but you still haven't got any money. Mm. And um, one of the things we always suggest musicians have a little look at, and particularly in that stage is, well, okay, yeah, think about how you can make more money, but what about the pots of money that you're owed but you don't know about? And radio yep. play, particularly international radio play, is a classic area for that. You've been getting played on a station in Sao Paulo and don't realize. You're getting played on a station in Sydney and you don't realize. Today's guest is the guru of helping you realize the money that the people of Brazil and Australia owe you. (laughs) That's a strong one-liner. I hope it's in his Instagram bio. Give us our money, Australia. This episode's guest, dear listener, is Jesper from Warm. Warm. Um, I'll let you do your Googling to get a proper feel for Warm. But yeah, what Mark just said, they are basically an organization whose entire role is to help you find out about all of those random radio stations around the world that might play your music and help you get the money from them. On this show, it's a punchy boy, but it's got lots of value for you. We've got everything from some radio stations you might have never heard of, but have hundreds of thousands, if not millions of listeners, which you might proactively decide to send your music to. 20 minutes greatest hits of taking advantage of international radio play, which you might not even realize you've already had right jesper we are 66 episodes deep as we speak to you on the helping musicians podcast that means we've spoken to 65 people about things musicians want help on and some of the common themes you know streaming obvious social media obvious but there is still so many questions and so much information that the artists we work with want to know about radio. And it feels like you could be a little bit of a guru for our audience on that. I mean, the position you're in, you know, we'll talk about one more generally in a little bit. But with your experience, with the role you are currently in, yeah, guru of radio. I'm going to give you that title. That's going to be the title that flashes up on screen. So. Love it, love it. With that in mind, context, the audience we we are assuming are listening are musicians. They're probably under 25, and we are assuming they are good. We are assuming they are making good music, writing good songs. We are assuming they are playing good shows. We can't help them if they're not good. So we're assuming they're good. Once they have got that good song, once they have played those good shows and they're thinking about making a living from their music, that's their next goal. And they've set their sights on radio. They're like, I know I can do something with this radio thing to help my my goals in my career. But I don't know what. Looking to our guru of radio, can you give us, in your opinion, are the top three things a musician in 2024 should be thinking about, should know, might not know about radio and how it can help them in that journey. Absolutely. And thanks so much for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. I would say this is probably a little bit uh, speaking on my own behalf because uh, I made warm because I was a manager myself and I understood that the existing services in the music industry was very siloed. So they were very siloed, also very expensive. Uh, meaning that it was basically not really uh, accessible, also not financially, especially for artists or managers or everyone who is basically working independent. So I think my first tip would basically be to to own your data and, and have control over the data, just as you would do with your streaming data or social media data or whatever it is where your fans engage or where you have listeners, where you have an audience. That information is, of, of course, super valuable. Um, and, and I know that it can be, let's say, challenging for some uh, people who are, you know, creative uh, and have a creative mindset where, when suddenly like, oh, I also have to be like a, a data scientist and I also need to be a marketing specialist and an influencer <laughs> and, a, you know, all these things. But I think it's just 
the way it is if you you want to have the best opportunities to succeed in the music industry nowadays is to basically use as much uh, for example knowledge about your data like for example with radio uh, with warm we monitor all kinds of radios so that means not only bbc's and the capitals and the iheart and sirius but it's also college radios and specialist radios and you very very niche radios in in different markets which of course is extremely valuable when you distribute your music globally through spotify for example and making it where algorithms curate the music to people who like that music in various countries but then if let's say a gatekeeper in croatia is playing your uh, record from the UK, then you would never know that because you are not necessarily tracked. So, yeah. so I would, I think my first tip would be to own your data. And of course, I'm speaking in, as I mentioned, with with Warm because that's what we do. Uh, but yeah. we monitor 25,000 radio channels, and uh, I think that is really helpful because it's globally. And mm-hmm. you know, uh, so so that would be my first tip to basically own your data and and take control over over the the value that data can create. I think uh, the, the next thing I would uh, recommend is to stand out with your brand, your identity, obviously your music, basically be personal in your communication. So let's say you you can easily do promotion to radios yourself. It's it's actually not necessarily that difficult. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe easy for me to say, but but still, um, it's like it, it's more about what is it that you communicate. Try to like know who you are contacting whatever you do do not do mass email spamming you know don't do that like i would say less is more you know if you can contact let's say kexp which is like a super super credible uh, uh independent radio in um, in seattle you know they have i i'm not sure if it's like 700 800,000 people listening but not only is it a lot of people listening but it's usually also other curators or other, you know, people who have some kind of leverage. Maybe not all of them, obviously, but it's not necessarily just a, a random BBC listener, right? So, so I think there's a lot to be done in terms of uh, how you communicate uh, with these particular gatekeepers, with the DJs, radios, etc., it's about figuring out who are you communicating to? What kind of radio is this? Am I sending jazz to a rock radio or vice versa? <laughs> uh, you know, know who you are. Like, so rather do some groundwork before you send something instead of just thinking like, I'll just put all these uh, email addresses in, in copy and send them because that's not going to help jack shit. Mm. Um, <laughs> But it, it's just, it is just a fact because there's a lot of radio promoters who actually are very, very skilled at what they do and their um, work is based on and their results are based on um, having, you know, established relationships with, for example, a specific radio host at BBC or, uh, you know, these different college radio personalities or whatever it is. And, and so that is their job. So you have to kind of like play with, you know, go ahead with, with that line of communication. And and nowadays, you know, again, music is distributed globally. So, you know, you could very well be an Icelandic a rock band, uh, you know, promoting your music to a college radio in, uh, in New York. 
And then the person there would be like, I love this band. This is fantastic because he's not like, a, you know, like a major label looking at it and say, oh, this is not a local act. So I don't care about this. Like, because the more independent, like, let's say the smaller the radio is, the more independent mindset, right? So, yeah. so I think there are, you know, a lot of opportunities in this space where artists, for example, can actually uh, relatively simple, simply do promotion themselves and, and create these kind of relationships with, for example, college radios or specialist radios in other, in other markets and countries. Right. I've got a couple, at least two burning questions. Please do. We're taking advantage of the fact that we have the guru of radio <laughs> on planet Earth. I'm 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 neutral. I'm Switzerland. I'm Switzerland. I mean, you look like a guru. <laughs> okay, I'll take it. And you are really you are you're really uniquely positioned with your business, uh, Jesper, to have an awareness of radio stations all over the world. So we love an immediately actionable tidbit for for a musician at the start of their career. You mentioned this station in Seattle. I'm wondering if you could name check three, four, maybe five stations that you have learned about outside the UK that love new music and so are open to playing new tracks. They're not just going to play the playlist stuff, you know, capital-esque style and have decent audiences. So I'm not interested in a station in Alabama playing to three people on a campus. I am interested in the seven, 800,000 listener station in Seattle. Are there a number of those that you could name check? I think I would say KEXP is uh, like is, is super super relevant because it has such a huge impact. Then I would also recommend, uh, but that's more for electronic music in particular. But there are two German radios which I like quite a lot. One called Flux FM, and another called uh, Sunshine Live, uh, and they're they are actually quite big radios. I believe. If I'm not mistaken, Sunshine Live has like over a million listeners or something like wow. that. And they're like, they're, it's very, uh, you know, electronic music oriented. Um, so if you are, and they, and they are very open also for, for new music. So it's not because they just play, you know, a lot of commercial music as per se. Um, so I think, uh, I think just on the top of my head, that would probably be, uh, some of the ones that I would uh, recommend uh, highly. Uh, let me just think a little bit. There's also a radio in uh, in Poland called uh, Set Chili, which is also actually quite open uh, for for Sounds new music. Like and he's heard of them. <laughs> not, oh yeah, that's that's my interest, Polish not radio an agreement. <laughs> um, but but I mean, I'm actually. I, I mean, if it could be helpful, I will also be happy to like send you a list of some of these radios. I mean, just a handful or ten, twenty or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, if you can use that to 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 help the audience, and because I think in the end it's about you know you have to do your own groundwork, right? And you have to like, for example, if you do jazz, there are a tremendous amount of jazz radios which are super, super relevant, uh, obviously, if you make jazz, and even if they're not in your home market. And for example, yeah. if I can do small advertising for the platform, but you can actually go on and, and look, uh, let's say you can even search just for jazz on the radio, mm -hmm. and then you will find uh, maybe a few hundred radios that has the word jazz in it, and they obviously play jazz. So in that way, you know, it's very, <laughs> it's, you know, it's very, it's not really rocket science, right? It's more about 
finding your way and and uh, yeah and and work with what you got of course well the spirit of my question was bouncing off what you said about not spamming it's like rather than sending your demo to the hundred stations that happen to be your in your country but you know by law have to play um sam smith every 33 minutes um <laughs> find those 10 eccentric eclectic really niche stations around the world that have have focused yeah. and actually still quite sizable audiences my second question that I really wanted to ask you, um, Jasper, was, okay, let's imagine my track is getting played on um, Sao Paulo's number one beach jazz station. Let's imagine yeah. I have had a few spins in Croatia and Indonesia. I mean, it's nice for my ego, but it, what kind of money are we talking if I track that down? Like, is it 50p a play, a tenner a play, 100 pounds a play? Like, is it actually worth chasing this stuff down? I would say, so first and foremost, I would say, you know, trying to calculate how much a radio airplay is worth radio, whether it's on neighboring rides or publishing, it's like asking, like, how, how far can a car go or fast can a car go or how much does a car cost? It's like, yeah. depends on what radio it is and it depends on the local rules in that given country. Like, for example, in the U.S., there, um, you know, it's only one rights. Uh, it's only one side of the rights that get paid. Uh, yeah. So, right. so for example, you don't get neighboring rights there because they, they, for a long time ago, they have decided that you know, if you're a label on artist and you get gets played on radios, that's promotion. So we should yeah. not pay them for that. So, so that's you know, excluding that side of the conversation in the U.S. Uh, but on, if you're played on BBC Two, for example. I'm not sure if I'm correct, but I think it's around 30 pounds per minute or something. So if you, uh, if that's like three minute song, you know, that would be nine, 90, 90 pounds per, per play. So of course, and that's obviously more major dominated, but, but then if you are played on a, one of the bigger Danish uh, radio channels, then it pays maybe around five, six euro uh, per, 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 per minute. And so, it's very difficult to say, and uh, the fact is that it's up to the, each society uh, in each country uh, mm -hmm. to determine what kind of rules should be set, how the how the money gets distributed. Like in what I've seen is in most countries, actually, it's between five percent and twenty five percent of the radios in in a given country that have an actual uh, measurable rate. Or tariff or minute value that is yeah like it, which is measurable the, the remaining 95 percent or 80 percent of the radios uh, is being uh, the money that that gets collected for the prs's and the gamers and the ssms they, they will collect them it's not about the radio not paying it's more about the gamers prs's and ssms they will distribute it based on the method that they see fit so, so it's a very, very complicated uh, area where it's like it's depending on what radio we're talking about, what country we're talking about, what are the level of corruption in that in that country <laughs> in that society. There are some societies that are run by family businesses. Some societies are non-profit organizations. Some societies work really well together. Some societies do not work really well together. So, for example, in Denmark, it can be very difficult for for Coda uh, to 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 collect money in Russia for obvious reasons. But it's also <laughs> difficult for yeah. them 
And and also, you know, small societies in small countries does not really have any effect on the bigger ones in the bigger countries. So let's say a South African uh, songwriter is on a big song uh, that gets played in Germany, for example. It could be very difficult for the South African society to to get the money necessarily from the German society because it's not like... Like, who gives a shit? You know, you're mm. far away and you don't have any leverage over us. It's very complicated, to be honest. Uh, but what I will say is that there's mm. a lot of value in extracting this information because you can use it to compare it with your other data sources. Like, if you have most spins on radio in Paris, but you also have most plays on Spotify in Paris, then, you know, you have something, you know, not only to to uh, book tours in Paris, possibly, but also do local promotion there, contact more radios, contact the yeah. same radios with new material, with new songs. You can use all this information when you build something, let's say, for example, in <laughs> Paris, you can use this information to actually go back and repitch stuff to Spotify curators and say, you know, we have these 50 plays on these particular radios and, you know, Shazams are starting to happening, blah, blah, blah. And then the Spotify creation team might very well say, okay, let's put this on a Paris playlist or whatever <laughs> in that. Yeah. And of course, the more niche you are, the, the easier it is to, to go through uh, here because then it's much easier to work with. They know exactly this is, you know, death metal. So it should yeah. go on this instead of you just have like, it's pop. Yes. So Jesper, what I'm thinking is the musician that's listening to this right now and they're like... They're inspired after listening to the radio guru and they're like, right, I'm going to spend a day. I'll take I'm going to work I'll out. I'm going to work out, you know, 20, 20 stations, whether it's across the world or across, you know, parts of the world that they know they have some kind of connection or fan base in. And they've got that list of 20. They've found the stations. They've maybe found the emails or the Instagrams or at least some form of contact for those stations. In this world where there's so many data points that a musician can have, like followers, streams, how many radio stations have been played on, et cetera, et cetera. In your opinion, acknowledging it will differ based on a radio station, but is there a broad defo include this in your pitch email to or cold pitch email to a radio station and defo don't put this like they're not going to care about Spotify streams because it's radio, mate, but they are going to care about, I don't know, how many people you can get to a gig in their country because mm. that's going to show they're in touch with the local culture or something like that. From a Swiss, from a Switzerland perspective, from a neutral perspective, mm. it's more about, like as I mentioned, like who are you contacting? Like know who yeah. you are writing to and, and then really try to be personal, try to be original. Uh, of course, brand and identity and all that stuff is important. So if you have something, you know, that shows, you know, that you're not just a text, you know, if you have something that, 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 you know, or if you have a, you know, a PPK or presentation or a video or whatever, you know, something that, that, that stands out. But I can come with a lot of ideas if, if, if I was, you know, working at a radio station. But there are a lot of people who are very different and there's a lot of different cultures. And, that's, and also yeah. in radio, radio stations, there are also radios who have specific systems. Uh, so, for example, in Germany, you basically have to use a system called P MPN in order to promote your music there, and you don't know that unless you 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 know you know learned Sorry. it somewhere. Like if you're standing <laughs> yeah. in in you know another country and thinking you just send music to the radios in Germany, 
you know, you have to use MPN. So again, like l learn your market, know who you're contacting and, and, and stand out. That would be my uh, advice. And then uh, I owed you a third one uh, before we run out of time. And I would actually say, I think for everyone involved in music, in particular artists, uh, mm -hmm. it's very important. Like treat your career as if you were a startup or a company. Because, mm. you know, the, you cannot just say, oh, I, I'm not good with numbers, so I'm not going to do a budget or I don't care about that. Or I, I should have a manager that should do that. You, you yeah. can't, of course, you can't do that, but it's not really going to help you. It's like you should take control of your career. You should know what is publishing, what is neighboring yeah. rights, where do I get my money from, uh, how, do I, how, how am I paid if I'm playing a concert at a venue or a club. And, uh, you know, you have to know all these things in order to, to, you know, do the best for your career. If it's always just like, I don't want to do that. I just want to sit on the beach and be creative. You can do that, but <laughs> it's, 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 it's not going to help you in the long run. Because even if you go to this level where you, where you can hire people or you can sign deals or you get a manager and all that, you, you kind of like, if you know what the base is, if you know how much you're earning on radio or through publishing or through synchronization, whatever it is, you, you have a lot better opportunity also to negotiate better deals instead of just hiring some expert and then, you know, hoping they know their shit. <laughs> and they're not scamming you. you can have awesome. It. Right, Jesper, we have you for about 64 seconds until we got to go. So we'll wrap this up with the same question we asked to every guest on the show, 66 episodes in. As we record this on the 11th of January, 2024, as music lovers... What is one piece of new music that you personally are loving right now? There is one artist who has uh, made a fantastic track. I think it's maybe three months old or something. She has 200,000 plays with this track on, uh, on Spotify. So it's relatively mm -hmm. uh, new and upcoming. Uh, it's a Danish Ferrero Island girl called Brimheim. I don't really know what to genre tag this with, so I'm gonna, I'm not <laughs> gonna do that. Um, but it's really, really cool. It has like this unique sound and, and it has this like a uh, very groovy vibe, yet simple. The song is called uh, Literally Everything. Um, and I would highly recommend it. And actually, she had a, uh, quite a few airplays on uh, on KEXP, and they ended up <laughs> doing a live session there. Spoke with her the other day. So, so uh, yeah. So there's definitely possibilities out there with radio, at least. Told you, guru, guru, guru. Kind of half guru, half 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 international debt collector, because he'll help you find. <laughs> find the money that you're owed by radio stations all over the world. And in particular, that shout out of those mm. nuggets, those radio stations around the world that are open-minded, play and support new music and have decent audiences that you would probably mm. not otherwise have on your radar. If you do nothing else, I think from this show, you should yeah, be getting, man. you should be checking, checking those stations out. Well, and it's one of the things we talk about a lot, right? Is like, we, we often joke and say the phrase homework, but it is actually the thing, like spend an hour, spend two hours, just, you know, taking notes from this episode and then finding those stations that are applicable to you and reaching out. And that'll be a lot more efficient than DMing the same DJ you've DMed 25 times on Instagram that has 1 million followers going, there's my new song. It'll be a lot more return on investment-y than that. Sexy phrases all around. Right, listener, this is the end of the show where I, 
my job right now is to tell you one one really important thing. And that is if you like gurus, if you like people that know what they're talking about, and if you want to somehow listen to the Helping Musicians podcast, but not have to deal with Sam and Mark, go to Helping Musicians Pod on Instagram. And you'll see probably about, I don't know, four billion and seven clips of gurus of all kinds sharing their guruship.